In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, dear family, grace and peace to all of you this morning on this feast of the great Pope St. Pius X. What appropriate, what an appropriate reading. Considering all that St. Pius X did for the church, continues to do for the church in his magnificent readings. If I were to recommend one, one encyclical, it wouldn't be, oh, I can't go Laetitia. Read something by Pius X. What an amazing meditation for our day and our age, our time and our place. That first reading from Ezekiel, just, just go, I, go read the whole thing, the whole book. What a meditation for our day and age, our time and place. The dry bones, the dead spirits existed back then because the shepherds of that age were a brood of vipers back then. They did not breathe life into the Jews. But, but listen, dear family, it only took one Ezekiel to follow God and get the job done. It only took Archbishop Vigano, one man, one voice, one man of courage, finally standing up, speaking out. And look what happened. The house of cards known as McCarrick. His cronies houses are, are still standing for the moment. It only took one voice, one man, one Ezekiel of the, our day to bring down that house of cards to expose the corruption. One man, it only took one man, Ezekiel, to, through the power of God to, to breathe life back into those people who were hungering and thirsting for righteousness, who were starving. So let us preface any other thoughts of our short meditation today with some thoughts about what we began with yesterday, praying for our bishops. Remember, someone said to me very pointedly, and not for the first time, that I do not encourage you enough to pray for the bishops. But it, but it occurred to me last night, as I continue 24-7 to ponder such things, it occurred to me that Lisa, last night that it doesn't seem like this person has connected certain dots. It occurred to me last night that Jesus said to pray for our enemies, for those who persecute us. Therefore, it follows, if I would not just tacitly imply, but boldly assert that you better pray for your bishops, that I would be, I would indeed be identifying them as enemies. That's an interesting thought. When considering something I saw last night, a most stunning example of what we can call silence is complicity. The great, great bishop of Tyler, Texas, Bishop Strickland, in a very soft spoken way, I think we say many of the same things. I just am significantly less soft spoken about it. He's at a big meeting of all the bishops and he admonished his brother bishops with regard to that certain priest, James Martin, who's running around promoting his godless anti-Catholic agenda. And what was the response out of all of them? It was only him. Crickets. The response. Dr. Taylor Marshall thought it might be because, as I'm just paraphrasing, the crickets are being as I would define it, Define it, an example of curry favor, that French term that essentially means sucking up to, kind of like the NBA, sucks up to China, to communist China. They'll kneel for our flag, condemn our country, but they'll suck up to the money of China, the communist China. 
Why, do you know why anybody watches the NBA anymore? I just, I just do not know. I got better things to do with my time than watch somebody take a knee of our flag, of our national anthem. I was, you know, I have to go to the gym. Last, last night, I'm just trying to be on the treadmill at peace, and they got these TVs up there. And one was an NBA game. It was a, it was a playoff game. I didn't even know they had anything of a season. But who cares? Who really cares? If we really care about the NBA, NBA, and the fine, I'm being sarcastic, example they set for us in our life of faith. You know, our priorities then are totally screwed up. Well, let's have, a, let's have a playoff. We haven't had a season, but let's have a playoffs. Like, is, oh, that makes it more important? Anyway, Dr. Taylor Marshall thought it might be because the crickets were being, as I defined, an example of curry favor, that term for sucking up. The gathered bishops were currying favor with Rome, and then he showed a picture of James Martin and Pope Francis yucking it up. <sighs> Birds of a feather. Regardless, if I encourage you to pray for someone or some group of someones, it might convey the message that I identified that someone or someones as an enemy. It's an interesting connection of the dots but I really want to do it. Besides which, dear family, what I have said time and time again is that most people do not pray enough for themselves. And then I started having this thought, well, wait a minute, let's connect the dots again. Connect them with this thought. That you've heard it said in day-to-day -day conversation many times, he is his own worst enemy. And dear family, that, if you think about it, that, actually, that actually is the case 100% of the time. Because what, what's the most, the most, the, the, it, how should I put this? It, it's us. It's what we do. That's what keeps us out of heaven, keeps us among the few, keeps us not among the few who strive along the narrow road to the narrow gate, to heaven. We're our own worst enemy because it's our own actions, our own thoughts, our own behavior that is, is, puts us on the broad road to destruction. Nobody, we're not going to be judged by what that person over there did. We're not going to be judged by what that person over there did. We're going to be judged by what we did. Jesus made that abundantly clear expressly many times. So we are potentially 100% of the time our own worst enemy, but... But that does not mean that we have to live up to that status because we also can be our own best friend because we can choose to turn back to Jesus. It's called metanoia, Greek term. It's a Greek word used in Catholic theology and defined thusly, a change in one's way of life resulting from penitence or spiritual conversion. We have a great parable for it. It's called the prodigal son. So even, even though for a time the prodigal son was his own worst enemy, he was. He then became his own best friend when he gave up his evil ways and turned back to God. So dear family, someone might urge me to urge you to pray for our bishops. But as I often have said, I don't know how many people are doing enough praying for themselves. 
So in a short meditation today, I'm not going to urge you to pray for some bishops, but instead to pray for yourselves. So that if you ever find yourself in the position of the prodigal son, here's the thing. Nobody wants to think they ever will be, do we? Oh, I'm not. I'm not that prodigal son. Isn't that like that, that Pharisee that comes to the front and says, well, thank God I'm not like those sinners back there. None of us wants to really say we are as bad as that prodigal son. Wow. Let's pray that's true, but we know that's only few. Pray for yourselves, dear family, because you and I, we are our own worst enemies. And the greatest enemy we can be to ourselves and to our eternal salvation is to ever get the idea in our head that we're good enough. That is dangerous ground. That is thin ice indeed. So I'm not going to urge you to pray for some bishops, but instead to pray for yourselves so that if you find your position in the position, find yourselves in the position of the prodigal son, you will go through the metanoia, the turning back toward Jesus, the repentance that brings forgiveness 100% of the time. Be forgiven and enter back into the house of your father, just like the prodigal son. And, we're, and really, we're inspired to do that by today's psalm. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. The thing is, his love is not just everlasting. His love is as Jesus proved on Calvary, infinite. It is infinite. It's, it's beyond measure. And we know this because the entirety of Jesus' passion speaks louder than any words he said. I always have said that the, prodigal, the parable of the prodigal son was Jesus' greatest example of God's infinite love and infinite forgiveness of the repentant sinner. Indeed, if Jesus could have thought of a worse type of sinner as judged by the Jews of his day, well, he's trying to make the point, Jesus would have used that worse type of sinner to convey this truth of infinite love and infinite forgiveness for the repentant sinner. But he didn't. He used the prodigal son. He used the worst example for the Jews in his day. His love, his forgiveness is everlasting and infinite. So, dear family, one last time with emphasis. If we're in grave sin or grave weakness of falling, our bones are dried up because they haven't been taken care of, they haven't been properly shepherded by the brood of vipers, pray, nevertheless, turn back to God, start with ourselves. Pray that we turn back. And if ever life all around us seems like it did in the time of Ezekiel, in the time of those dry bones, when the dead bones said, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, and we're cut off. If we ever feel like we're in that state, if, the, if in our time and place in the world is like that, pray for yourselves. Pray, because we know what happened next in Ezekiel. <laughs> I love this line. I heard a noise. It was a rattling as the bones came together. Bone joining bone. 
I saw the sinews and the flesh come upon them and the skin cover them, but there was no spirit in them. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the spirit, prophesy son of man and say to the spirit, thus says the Lord God, from the four winds come, O spirit, and breathe into these slain that they may come to life. I prophesied as he told me, and the spirit came, came into them. They came alive and stood upright, a vast army. So in the confusion of the world today, the mess we're in, pray. Pray in those words of Ezekiel. Knowing all along, dear family, that we're not alone. It may seem like we're a whole bunch of bones out here, dry, withered, not fed, not taken care of, abandoned. Pray. And through prayer, we will be re-spirited. We will come alive. We will stand up. And we will become a vast army of God. It only took one Ezekiel back then. It'll only take maybe one in our day. So pray. If you're going to pray for yourselves, of course, we'll pray for that one person too. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.